Good evening, baseball fans. It is Monday, February 19th. And if you just got done listening to our fun bonus episode that you guys didn't even have to pay extra for, you're welcome, by the way. Um, Wait, I'm not making I'm not making more money off of that one. No, no, just just in my love and admiration and respect. I get even not, more, <laughs> which is not worth much. I know. And I'm so sorry about that. Kelsey. All I'm here for. Yeah. Yeah, so we got a deal. Um, but this is the second episode of the night that we are recording. Because guess what, guys? We love you, and Kelsey and I just grind. That's that's what we're do. We're grinders. Um, wow. that's that's how grind. we that's how we do. Yes. So, uh, before we get into it, though, um, I'm Susie. That is Kelsey. This is Bourbon and Baseball, and uh, this is going to be a ready rated R podcast again, not for the. Uh, adult content that you might think just for all of the four letter words. Now, if you guys would like to pay us for, you know, talking about baseball, by all means, we'll take that. That We will take all of that. However, um, you know, not the normal quote unquote adult content that, you know, I guess other people pay for. I don't know. So anyhow, if there's tiny ears listening or if four letter words are not your jam, then um, this is not the podcast for you. So apologize. Uh, sorry, not sorry. And away we go. So, Kels, we before we need to start, though, I have a very important question for you. What's that? What do they put in Girl Scout cookies that makes them so fucking delicious? Mm, that is a really good question. I myself have have abstained from Girl Scout cookies. Uh, they were in my office when I when I had to go to the office last week. They are being sold, you know, outside of a lot of the stores in the area. And I I have turned a blind eye. I have resisted temptation because it is true what you say. And that is uh, that there's clearly crack in Girl Scout cookies. I, I'm so glad that you're on the same page because I was going to ask if there was a tiny, just a tiny, just a, just a tiny bump of Coke or something in these Girl Scout cookies, because this is this is my second my second batch of Girl Scout cookies. What now, kind? Were, um, they you know how they all have the different names like in yeah. terms of, these oh, ones yeah. are the peanut butter patties. These are okay. the chocolate yeah. covered peanut butter cookies. So if you are audio only, go to the YouTube's because you will see my second batch mm. of cookies that are almost done. There's two left. I bought these two days ago. So again, if I look a little bit more rotund than normal, it's the Girl Scouts, and I'm solely and blaming the Girl Scouts. Yeah, uh, not the fact that I'm a lazy slug and you know can do anything about it. No, no, no exercise, cardio. That don't sign me up. I don't. I don't want to do any of that. Okay. Um, just I'm gonna just blame all the Girl Scouts. So is that your favorite Girl Scout cookie? That one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I all of the other ones are trash. Oh, really? Oh, see, well, that's why I just have to stay away because I won't turn a one of them down. Really? I, I think Caramel Delights. I mean, I think there's Samoa's someplace. I love mm -hmm. those. Uh, I love the Thin Mints, especially if they're in the freezer. Um, I even like a good, like, lemon pastry cream. I don't think they're called okay. that anymore. I've that's those. I've those yeah. I was a Girl Scout uh, back in the day. Yeah, no, I love a peanut butter patty. I just I have to say um, no to all of them because these are these are the only ones that I will eat though. Like I won't, you know, I, I could be nice and buy other 
kinds of cookies for anybody else in my house, namely my husband. Um, but I don't. I don't. I just I just get these and then um, I hoard them like Gollum. And I'm like, precious. <laughs> and then don't let anybody else eat them. So your husband's going to listen to this and be like, wait, there was Girl Scout cookies in the house? No. Yeah, no, no. He's and he he saw them. He saw them and he's like, I, I just know. I know after you know 43 years of marriage, I just know that I shouldn't even try. I shouldn't even try to eat a Girl Scout cookie because I know that I need and love my hand and you will rip it off. Well, I'm glad that you finally have come to that realization. Thank you. Sounds like true love to me. Indeed, indeed. So um that's yeah, that's all I need to know is if if crack was one of the main ingredients in Girl Scout cookies, and if you knew that as well. So, okay, good. Glad we're on the same page. That's why, yeah, we're, absolutely. That's why, why we are hosts. I picked a good co-host. I did. So um, with that, though, we will move on to our 40-man um, find that we're we're getting into the, like, the actual like decent good teams, guys. We're, yeah. we're, we're moving on up. Insert the song here because i can't actually play it for you know copyright reasons but Moving on yeah. up. there you go you can't nope that's all we can do just and that's it i don't Moving on up. no sh i don't want this taken down at kelsey golly anyhow um even though that was a beautiful just tone <laughs> yes. pure my best work um <laughs> so uh with the 40 man fine basically this was a segment that kelsey and i came up with for the offseason, where we learn about the other players on the other league's um, teams, hence the 40-man find. Um, you're welcome for not calling it um, Diamond Daddies, like, like I originally thought of. And I was like, That's, that gives off the wrong vibe. It's not the right vibe. Nope. Another segment so, for another podcast. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the paid content over there. So, however... On the Patreon. Um, yes. Uh, whew, as I break all of the things over here, I just start talking about Diamond Daddies and I get excited. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> Anyhow, so um, like I said, Kelsey has the AL and I have the NL. Like I said, so that we learn about the other league's teams because, you know, our favorite teams are in the opposite league. So with that said, um, I have the my second favorite team. I have officially crowned them my second favorite team right. in the in my first favorite team in the NL, you know, but my second favorite team overall, uh, the 84 win Diamondbacks. Yep, that's what we're we're gonna you're gonna learn learn today about one of the players, and then after that, Kelsey will tell you about a player from the Blue Jays. So yay, Canada! Um, so moving back from you know Canada, back back over to my side over here in the NL and the Diamondbacks, I had a hard time choosing. I had such a hard time choosing. I was like, which one? Which one? So finally, I had to like Russian roulette it. And I literally had to do one of those, put all of these choices in a wheel and like yeah. spin it digitally. I, I'm like, this is so stupid, but I, there's just too many. And unfortunately, I could not, um, I could not choose Corbin Carroll. That would have gone along with my theme of all Asian players apparently and and pandering to the crowd but I, I could Don't not worry, I've got not. I've got you covered on that side today yes love it okay so um I have a guy that is one of the young young core young rookie core of the Arizona Diamondbacks and that is Alec Thomas and when I say young 
I mean young, because he is a 23-year-old outfielder that was born in the 2000s year. The 2000 year. And that makes me feel so, so old. Anyhow, but he is, I'm going to get my notes here because, you know, I can't do this all from memory because I'm old now. You didn't memorize a description on Alec Thomas. Fortunately, I did not. Uh, however, uh, like I said, Alec Thomas is a 23-year-old outfielder born on April 28th in the year 2000. I feel extra old now because a little child told me, ew, you were born in the thousands and I nearly fell over and died <laughs> right then and there. So yeah, that's that's where we are now, people. Anyhow, he uh, attended Mount Carmel, Carmel High in Chicago. And I don't know if that's close to no, you or anything. I think it is Mount Carmel. It is not far. Not far. Okay. Um, and he committed to play both college baseball and college football for Texas Christian University. Nice. Yeah. So that while that's the frog, the frog horns, is that what they're called? Yeah. Um, horn frogs. Horn, horn frog. frog. <laughs> the frog horns. Frog horns is close. This, right? This is like their yes, thing. Yes, they do. They're, yes. So for our, our audio, our audio only people, go, go to the YouTubes so that you can see uh, Kelsey doing the frog horns. <laughs> Rockhorn. Rockhorn. Uh, Matt Carpenter is also a TCU alum. So oh, okay. I did not Shout know that. Out. Yeah. So um Rockhorns. <laughs> Golly. I love that. That's that's mm -hmm. now what I'm gonna that's now what I'm gonna call it. And when people look at me funny, I'm gonna be like, I don't understand why you're looking at it like that, and then it's gonna hit me. Oh, oh, that's not it. Anyhow, uh while in high school, Alec Thomas hit 423 with 40 home runs and 158 RBI. And I was interested to see what football position he was going to play in college. And I don't know why I was wondering that because it's not like I'm going to know what that position does. <laughs> right. well, However, he like a big guy. Yeah. Well, not so for, for the football people out there that, you know, we'll know he was going to play a wide receiver. So apparently fast and, you know, like runs down the, the field, gets sure. the ball. Yeah. yeah. Runs, runs fast and avoids tackles. I don't know. Oh, Cause okay. he is, he is little. Yeah, um, so he had a scholarship for baseball and was going to walk on for football. And apparently this was not the only school that Alec Thomas was going to do this with because Notre Dame was also in the mix. Well, Oh, Damn. look at you. Yeah. I was like, okay, Alec Thomas, I, I wasn't aware that you were this. Apparently, he was a three-sport athlete, just wasn't going to get a scholarship or wasn't going to play college basketball in, in college. Yeah, so I was like, oh, oh just a, just a two-sport athlete in college? Darn. Anyhow, so fun fact. Also, uh, he has been dating his girlfriend, Kaylee McCaffrey, Kaylee McCaffrey, uh, since they were 15. Wow. Since they were 15 years old. Yeah. Hard, hard launch on the Insta. So all beautiful, beautiful looking blonde. And she, and I say this with all, literally all the love in my heart. Uh, she looks like a baseball player's girlfriend. Like, sure. Beautiful, <laughs> blonde, like j just, again, I say this with all the love in my heart and only just a tiny bit of jealousy because I'm neither little or small or, you know, blonde. So 
Um, but beautiful. And congrats to you guys for, you know, being together for 43 years. It's not 43 years, obviously. You're not are, even half now. Yeah. Yeah. Not if you're not new around here, you know, this is not a math pod. Susie doesn't do the math. So you figure it out. But yeah, they've been together since they were 15 years old. And that just boggles my mind. So um, in the so he was, like I said, signed to TCU, but really never planned on going to TCU. He was just kind of using that as a carrot, essentially. Okay. And saying, um, well, depends on where I get drafted. Mm. So apparently in 2018, when the Diamondbacks took him in the second round, the 63rd overall pick, he said, you know what? That's high enough. Let's go. And really was never going to go to TCU. And I was like, oh, all right. Even though, you know, you committed to TCU, put it on your Insta, whatever. That's that. So in 2018, he spent time between the Missoula Osprey and the Arizona Complex Complex League, where he hit in um, 56 games, 332, excuse me, 333, with two home runs, 27 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases. And in 2019, he started with the Kane County Cougars, which um, I know sounds like a drinking club for old women, but it's, it is not. It is a actual baseball club. So in July, he was chosen for the All-Star Futures game. And then in August, he got moved on up to the Visalia Rawhides, which obviously is not a dog toy. It's also a baseball team. So in 114 games between those two teams, he hit 300, 375, and 450 with 10 home runs, 55 RBI, and 15 stolen bases. So very fast, very, very fast, but tiny, you know, also little bit of power so 2021 he started with the amarillo sod poodles i love these names guys uh and in june again was chosen for the all-star futures game and in august moved on up to the reno aces bet you can't guess how they came up with that name in 106 games between those two clubs he slashed 313 394 559 slug so had a little bit of pop there but you know it is reno so the ball is going to fly just a little bit more. But he hit 18 home runs, uh, 59 RBI, and 29 doubles. And in 2022, he started with the Aces and was promoted to the D-backs on May 8th of 2022. And I bet you can't guess who he hit his first home run off of, Kels. No, Justin Verlander? No. <laughs> no. Um, Lance Lynn? No. That would have been funny, though. Uh, he hit his first home run on May 11th off Sandy Alcantara. Oh. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, so a little, little feather in, in his cap because that's, yeah. that's a nice, na nice name to hit, a, hit your first home run off of. Uh, his rookie year, unfortunately, he kind of struggled. In 113 games, he hit uh, 231. 275 and 344 slug. So that slug went way down and he only finished the season with an OPS plus of 75, which um, mm -hmm. if you aren't super familiar, an OPS plus of like a hundred, that's an average baseball player. That's typically, you know, where you kind of want to be. Unfortunately, he was at 75. So he's 25% less uh, good than the average baseball player. So in 2023, however, uh, they, he started with the club. His defense was good enough. And unfortunately, his offense, however, was not, not so good. So he went back down, came and then came back up again and stayed up 
due to his defense. Uh, came back June 19th. So between June 19th and August 30th in 48 games, he slashed 269, 309, and 439 with 35 hits. And he got really shielded um, from left-handed pitching. So mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that as well because he is a lefty. So mashes right-handed pitching. Um, but unfortunately was striking out at an alarming rate at 21.4%. So good. You want, you want like 20% or lower. Um, but you know, due to his speed and his improved swing, he was able to stay up and he got his WRC plus all the way up to 101, which again, average. So, uh, in September, unfortunately he struggled offensively, but his defense was so good that he was five outs above average and he had five defensive runs saved. And then they threw this stat at me and I was like, I don't know what that stat means. So now you guys also get a lesson. If you already know what this is, then cover your ears. But he had a 3.1 UZR. Do you know what that is? No. Yeah, I did not know either. And then I researched it and was like, oh, I have heard of this. So a UZR is the ultimate zone rating, and that quantifies a player's entire defensive performance by attempting to measure how many runs a defender saved. Oh, okay. So he essentially saved 3.1 runs. So it takes into it takes into account um, runs... Let me see. Runs, uh, errors, range, outfield arm, and double play ability. Okay. It differs slightly from defensive runs saved in its formula, but the concept is the same. So, you know, all of those analytical numbers that the nerds like. So, uh, because of all this, guess what, guys? He won the 2023 Gold's Glove Award for center field for the NL. And um, if you will recall the, you know, Arizona Diamondbacks went to the World Series. Fortunately, lost. That makes me very sad. However, in the wild card and divisional series, um, his power was big. Had big power, and over those five games, he hit two home runs and had four hits. And then the NLCS had the second highest OPS on the team. And he scored four runs and hit two more home runs, including that memorable game four home run that just put the Phillies into their grave so like i said earlier he um demolishes right-handed pitching slash 253 297 and 404 16 doubles four triples like you're a fast son of a bitch if you can get triples man (laughs) seven home runs and 30 rbi and i say that with all the, the love in my heart alec thomas like okay that's like a that's a loving son of a bitch okay um but like i said Versus left-handed pitching, not so good. 143, 175, and 260 over 81 plate appearances. So, again, he got shielded. Um, he got shielded from left-handed uh, pitching. And some other, like, weird kind of stat notes that I found. Home versus road splits. He loves hitting at Chase Field. Hmm. Absolutely mashes in Chase Field. Um, right. So... His home splits, uh, 257, 302, 446 with 18 extra base hits versus road where he hit only 206, 246, and 312. Oh, wow. So, yeah, does not, does not like hitting, 
hitting not at home. And then apparently he just needs to hit in high leverage situations at home because when he does that, he hits 277 with a 431 slug, 18 hits and 71 plate appearances with five extra base hits and 17 RBI. So he's got that yeah. clutch factor apparently. And he's never getting cheap hits in those situations either. <laughs> yeah. So um, that is Alec Thomas. Oh, another fun fact. Dad was and still is the longtime um, strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox. So grew up in, know you know, grew up in a clubhouse, um, big league clubhouse. So was running around with all of those those guys. And I remember actually watching his first hit. Like his first home run. No, yeah. maybe I maybe it wasn't his first home run, but it, they were playing um, they were playing the White Sox and he he hit a home run. And you you saw him try and get his dad's attention like in the other dugout. And his dad was like, was like this, uh, trying not to smile. And so yeah. for our audio, audio only people, um, I basically put my hands over my mouth. Just go to YouTube. Oh, that's and so fun. Like I you could just that. tell dad was like so proud and wanted yeah. to, you know, like wanted to give give his boy some love. But he but he couldn't because he just hit a home run against the you know, his employer. And so it was, it was super cute. And, but you like, you see that you see Alec kind of like jumping up and down and like waving his arms and stuff. And, and it, it's adorable. I'm, I'm going to try and find the clip. And if I do, I will put it in the show notes, but it is super cute. Yeah. So oh, I love that. I had no idea. That is, Chicago. yeah, that is, that is Alec Thomas neighbors with his parents. Yes, yeah, probably. You, you should, you should look up. into that Kels. Yeah. I will. Maybe I can work with uh, his dad, do a little strength and conditioning with that white there socks. You there Get you go. Line. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I did pick an Asian player to highlight today, so I'm picking up the slack here. Um, Much appreciated. But really because, I mean, the Blue Jays roster is really interesting to me because there's a lot of really well-known players, a lot of stars, and their at least average age is a little bit older than some teams currently. And one of the players that I'm going to tell you about today is not a super young guy. He's been around for a while now, but I am interested to see what will come from him this season, because I do think maybe we have yet to see the best of him in the major leagues. And that is starting pitcher Yusai Kikuchi. He was born on June 17th, 1991 in Morioka, Japan. I'm probably going to mispronounce a lot of things uh, when talking about Japan, so forgive me, but I'll do my best and, and learn as I go. But as a high school pitcher in 2009 in Japan, his fastball was clocked at 96 miles per hour. So that year he sparked controversy when it was announced that he was considering bypassing the amateur draft in Japan for the MPB and was instead going to sign with a major league baseball club. I didn't know this was even a thing. I did not know this could happen. So that was a part also part of why I wanted to highlight him today was to kind of talk about this, but I guess under major league baseball's current rules, Kikuchi would not have been subject to the major league baseball draft and instead be declared a free agent free to sign with any American team he wanted. According to CBSSports.com, many Major League Baseball teams were very interested in signing him at this point, including the Rangers and the Red Sox. And all 12 of the MPB teams 
were super interested in signing him as well. So according to Japanese news outlets, the NPB asked that Kikuchi not receive any offers from Major League Baseball clubs before Japan's draft, just in order to kind of even the playing field, even the chances for a Japanese team to sign him because they cannot make offers before their draft. According to MLB.com, Kikuchi would have been the first ever Japanese high school player to bypass the domestic amateur draft to become an MLB or, a, you know, to sign with, with Major League Baseball. By staying to play in the MPB, players lock themselves into nine seasons before they're eligible for free agency. This is the part that I had heard. They can leave only if their Japanese team allows them to enter the posting system in which Major League Baseball teams can bid for the right to negotiate with them. Yeah, and that's why that's why they didn't want anybody to bypass that because of all, because of all the money that they would eventually get from the MLB teams. Right, and here's the here's like kind of the risk that Japanese players are taking if they leave for an American team and they sign with an American team. Players are banned from the Japanese leagues for three years. So a lot of American players even go and play in the Japanese leagues to further their career, kind of figure stuff out, still get paid well, but, and even sometimes you know, get paid better than they would if they were in the minor league system over here. Right. So yep. that you're taking a certain level of risk, uh, if you sign with major leagues and, and don't leave that opportunity open for yourself, it was reported that Kikuchi did meet with multiple teams in October of 2009, but he did decide to stay in Japan and enter the draft instead of playing in the United States. I would be so interested to learn more about what factors led him to make that decision but on November 20th, 2009, Kikuchi signed a pro deal with the Sayatama Cebu Lions. Again, sure I'm saying that wrong, but the Lions. Uh, the deal included a 100 million yen, which is about a million dollars signing bonus, and a 15 million yen, which is about $150,000 first year salary, and a 50 million yen or 500K in performance bonuses. After the 2011 season, Cebu announced that Kikuchi would join the Melbourne Aces of the Australian Baseball League. And this is another thing that I'm still definitely learning about, but how all the, the leagues, like how Major, Major League Baseball can actually trade players to the Korean leagues and all that kind of stuff. So apparently this is very much a thing. Mm -hmm. He plays uh, between the MPB and the ABL from 2010 to 2018, from ages 19 to 27. So he starts his pro career at age 19. And in 2018, he is selected to the 2018 MPB All-Star Game. He's actually a three-time MPB All-Star in 2013, 2017, and 2018. And then in 2017, nearing the end of his time in the MPB, he was the Pacific League leader in ERA with a 1.97 ERA. Uh, he also led the league in wins that year, which makes sense when you have a 1.97 ERA that he had 16 wins that year. And he also won the Mitsui Golden Glove Award in 2017. So a good pitchers, pitchers are athletes. We love to see it. On December 3rd, 2018, the MPB announced that it was allowing Kikuchi to enter the posting system to play in Major League Baseball. So he has that 30-day period starting a month later to negotiate and sign with the team on January 2nd of 2019 Kikuchi signed a four-year contract with the Seattle Mariners. 
He makes his MLB debut on March 21st, 2019, going 4.2 innings while allowing two runs, just one earned run, and striking out three. This was the year that they started the season, the Mariners started the season in Japan. So he was actually the first Japanese-born player to make his Major League debut in Japan. How cool is that? Kikuchi struggled. That. He struggled in his first season with Seattle. He was six and eleven. His ERA was five point four six in thirty two starts. But he did. Uh, he struck out one hundred sixteen in one sixty one and two thirds innings. He figured some stuff out a little bit more in twenty twenty. He still has a five point one seven ERA, but his strikeout percentage increases from sixteen percent up to twenty four percent. And he was selected for the American League All Star roster in twenty twenty one. So he is yet to really at this point, he's had some like highs and lows in major league baseball, but not going to spew off a ton of more statistics and numbers at you because he hasn't had those numbers or like moments where you're really going to be like, Ooh, yeah, he's doing the thing. I'm so excited about him. But you know, that's not necessarily what the 40 man find is about. Right. So on March 14th, 2022, Kikuchi signs a three year, $36 million contract with the Toronto Blue Jays, where he is at still to this day. On September 30th, 2022, a day after clinching postseason berth, he actually earned his first Major League Baseball save. So even though he's primarily a starter, he's got that first save in his back pocket. I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, just some press around him and how he actually really loves being in Toronto and he how he has made it is his home. But first just a little bit more about this, his style of his pitching. He is six feet tall, 200 pounds. He's a left-handed pitcher and he throws from a three quarter arm angle. His fastball tops out around 99 miles per hour. And he mainly throws an above average slider. In addition to the fastball mixes in a curve and a changeup here and there. This is where you may have heard Kikuchi's name in 2023. And this is the first that I really heard about him other than maybe catching him in a game or two. In September of 2023, an interview and an article came out from Sports Illustrated writer Stephanie Epstein featuring Kikuchi's commitment to a good night's sleep. He left a game against the Yankees early that he started due to a cramp in his trap, which is like part of your shoulder neck area. And he said that it was due to a poor night's sleep. He told reporters that he had only slept 11 hours instead of 13 to 14, which is what he prefers. There was obviously tons of questions of asked to him, you know, posed to him about this over the coming days. But he did clarify that he only needs 14 hours before he starts. On other days, he's happy to settle for eight, nine or 10 hours. Susie, what could you do? Do you think you could be a major league baseball pitcher if you got to sleep 14 hours a night? Like, what could you do? I would be fucking superwoman if I could be 14 hours a night. Are you kidding me? The biggest, I guess, like, I don't even know why I'm asking you because we will never know. We will never know what we could be capable of if we slept 14 hours a night. But man, I'm scared. I don't don't know. The world wouldn't be ready for it. I don't even think my body would allow that. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. Even. Even when I get like six hours of sleep, six hours is typically like my norm. Like five hours is typically my norm. Like Ooh. anything past like six hours, though, I wake up and I'm all, "Am I alive? <laughs> Did I die?" See, I and love wake up like 
I love sleep. I'm a big advocate for sleep. I sleep anywhere between like minimum seven hours, sometimes up to nine hours. I really I like sleep. I also don't have children yet, so I'm going to keep doing that while I can. Uh, but <laughs> I, and I just like, I am really nerdy about the importance of it and, and all of that. So I, I won't get on that now. I'm sure if we played high level athletics, maybe we would be, you know, yeah. we would need that recovery. Well, I mean, Shohei needs 43 hours of sleep a night and literally like his pillow is one of his most prized possessions. And yeah. so, you know, lots of yeah. regenerative things happening while you're sleeping. Kikuchi did mention uh, that he is particularly fond of a certain Amazon pillow. Uh, but other than that, it seems like, yeah, he doesn't really need anything fancy to get comfortable. He just can knock out pretty easily. He said it takes him about five minutes to, to fall asleep. And wow. I love that for him. <laughs> That's awesome. But according to the Toronto Sun, I was reading an article about how he and his wife decided to take their fondness of Toronto a step further by making Toronto their home for the off season as well as, you know, in season. They actually enrolled their four-year-old son, Leo, in school in Canada. Um, the city, he is quoted saying, the city means a lot, not just to me, but to my family, he said through translation. Uh, he said, we all enjoy Toronto and the Toronto fans. Putting on the Blue Jays uniform, you get the feeling that you're representing a whole country, a full nation. I am proud to be a Toronto Blue Jay and happy to be here. So I love that he loves that. I love that he's happy where he's at and feels like, you know, he's in a place that uh, that he can make his home and hopefully find some more success because in 2023 for the blue Jays, Kikuchi went 11 and six in his 32 starts. He had a 3.86 ERA, uh, certainly one of his better seasons in major league in the major league. So far, he had 181 strikeouts and 167.2 innings pitched and his whip was 1.27. So just a little lower than average. But every year it seems like he kind of figures out another piece and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he's, he's 32. He's going to be 33 in the middle of this season, but the Cardinals seem to think that that is just like peak age for pitchers. So it could be, it could be, it could be here. Yeah. Uh, the other reason that you may have heard about him outside of, I guess, on the field play is that he was also a big part of that rumor mill of Shohei Otani uh, coming to the Toronto Blue Jays. Supposedly he was on that charted flight. He was going to throw a sushi party and somehow like it was being reported that Kikuchi was, was the one who had the reservation for 50 yeah. at the sushi place. And, and he's like, I had no idea. Like I just woke up to people messaging me and asking me about this. And he, he is quoted saying, I wanted to make it clear that I did not have a sushi party last Friday. I guess he posted this on his Instagram account and he said, I can eat sushi for 50 plus people, but I certainly never had a sushi party with 50 plus people. So he obviously has a good sense of humor as well. And we love a guy who, you know, values the importance of sleep and can eat sushi for, for 50 plus people. He seems like my kind of company and I would oh, love for sure. to Toronto to have sushi with Yusai Kikuchi and his family any day. So that's why I wanted to talk about him today. I, you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate um, the the whole, um, I don't want to say rhetoric because that has a bad connotation um, story around you say the Kikuchi because like all of that 
especially the sleep thing. I'm like, I love the sleep thing. That makes me so happy. Maybe it's an Asian thing. I, we got, I, we got to find out. I'm like, I mean, oh. I definitely think it is just something that is, it, it has to be prioritized for elite performance. And yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they have, you know, more extensive studies and just kind of like car, cold, hard knowledge around mm -hmm. the facts of, of yeah. the recovery. So Mike Masataka Yoshida, are you also getting all of the sleeps? Uh, that was not a, that was not a fact that I could find. So now I'm going to have to go back and see, but yeah. Anyhow, so that wraps up our 40 man find for uh, this week. And if I was a good host, I would tell you who we're going to have for next week, but you know what? It's going to be a surprise for the both of us, for all of us. Okay? Gotta show so, up. Got to tune in. Got to be, got to be with, with it in the knowledge i don't know what i'm saying right now i'm just saying words at this point in time <laughs> so we're just gonna we're just gonna move right on along into um our first big topic that we would like to hit and that is a big congratulations to jenny kavnar who becomes the first woman to be the primary play-by-play -play announcer for a team in mlb history um i say unfortunately it's for the athletics like it's literally the only good thing that you guys have done for for the season for a lot of the, the organization really yeah yeah um and congrats jenny that is amazing i i know that you and dallas are going to be awesome together and i i will admit that in seasons past i have tuned in to a's games not to really watch the the play on the field but to listen to dallas braden like call a game yeah. so now I have another reason to tune into A's games, and I'm very excited about that. So congrats, Jenny. Um, I, I can't wait to see how, how you do. So um, now we will move on to another team that leads me to scratch my head at all times. Uh, the Red Sox sign Liam Hendricks for two years for $10 million with incentives. You know, that contract could go up to $20 million. Uh, and there's a third year mutual option. I'm, I don't know what the Boston Red Sox are doing. I, I no, this does not all just put any pieces together. Yeah, no. no, it's just another like piece of a different puzzle that is not the Red Sox puzzle that they were working on. I didn't think, but like, it seems like they're working on like, 12 different puzzles at the same time, instead of just focusing on getting one done before they move on. I'm not really sure, but you know, we love Liam Hendricks. We're glad to see him get a contract because I quite honestly figured like he was just going to rehab on his, on his own. And yeah. we would see him maybe sign a contract before the trade deadline or, you know, somewhere along those lines, but cause he had Tommy John surgery last summer so late in 2024, probably post all-star break is the soonest that we would see him back. He of course beat stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after being diagnosed in the fall of 2022. He returned to much fanfare, so much excitement and support uh, from major league baseball with the white Sox on May 29th of 2023. But unfortunately he pitched in only five games before he was diagnosed with that UCL tear and had to have TJ. But He's Liam Hendricks. He has pitched uh, 476 games over 13 seasons. He's been with the Twins, Royals, A's, and most recently the White Sox. He is a three-time All-Star. He led the American League in saves in 2021 with 38, and he has 727 strikeouts in 650 innings. So, yeah. yeah, we don't know what the Red Sox are doing, but, like, Susie, do you think 
Liam Hendricks returns to to form and has another couple seasons of of high leverage stuff in him? I hope so. Like I I want him to win comeback player of the year. I yeah. I, I think that would be amazing, especially, you know, with the whole like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, like the fact that you beat that and are now in good enough shape to be a high level athlete, like kudos to you, Liam Hendricks. I, but I don't understand what the Red Sox are doing. I, and I, I asked this on Twitter. I said, but why? And someone answered me and said, um, one of the easiest guys to root for an absolute dog on the mound. Plus his mid to late season return lines lines us up with potentially trading Kenley Jansen, who was a free agent at the end of the year at the deadline. It's a good price point for us with good incentives for him. This rules. And I was like, okay, all fair points. However, what happens if he struggles? Would Chris Martin fill in as your closer? Because that's really the only other guy that they kind of have. Yeah. Um, and they replied, I'd have to imagine Martin could be that guy. We were already using him in the eighth in high leverage spots. Tanner Houck is another one that many think would be a lights out closer rather than a starter. So apparently they're just going full, like rebuild, full retooling. Full, they're not going full throttle. It's definitely not a full throttle situation. And I, not that. No. So I, I don't know. I guess Kenley Jan. I, I think Kelly Jansen's reading the, the writing on the wall though. And it's like, yeah. all right, I guess, I guess I'm out of here for, but that's, it's still going to suck for guys like that in that situation. Like, you know, that at some point you're going to get traded. You're like, can you just do it now? Can totally. I get it over with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I kind of forgot that. Yeah. Their storylines are definitely going to run side by side here, depending on what happens with Hendrix and, yeah, that it's just a shitty situation to be in for Kenley Jansen. And I'm sure at this point, yeah, he's like, I just rather would not be with the Red Sox either way. Yeah. Let me, me just start the, the yeah. Just let me start with a new club. I don't know. Uh, so we will see what the Red Sox do. And apparently in 2025, we will all get to watch the Netflix documentary. I don't know. I still yeah, I still I say that they're signing Trevor Bauer. I mean I don't want to talk about that, Susie. Liam okay. Hendricks is really entertaining, though. He's amazing. And he's just like a great human being. So I hope he gets some serious screen time. And that's what I want if I'm going to tune into that, that documentary. Um, so fun fact, when I was watching uh, baseball in 2018 and 2019, and I really didn't know any of the players, uh, in my head, I would get Lance Lynn, Craig Kimbrell, and uh, <laughs> Liam Hendricks all confused in my head because they were just all like world like burly white guys with like facial hair you yeah. know it didn't matter that they played all for like different teams no no didn't matter um just big burly guys with facial hair yeah 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 and then I was like oh wait Liam Hendricks you're you're Australian and have a fun accent never mind I know who you are now like so his his head is like face is seared into memory well, he has made a point to he's come out and been really uh, forthcoming in interviews about how he wants to sign and play with organizations that are more progressive and that like support, you know, social justice issues and stuff like that. So that's kind of another reason. I mean, the Red Sox are not like not known for that, but not currently. Yeah, maybe he'll help kind of light the fire under under that as, you know, kind of a culture guy while he's rehabbing. Yeah. It's the best we can hope so for, I think. We shall see. We shall see. So, uh, Phillies, Phillies are making moves. 
they sign a super util Whit Merrifield for one year, $8 million. It includes a club option for 2025 at another $8 million. And the deal includes bonus and award incentives and maxes out at two years, $16 million. Uh, Merrifield slashed 291, 337, 434 with a 771 OPS with the Royals from 2016 to 2021. He played every game for the Royals in 2019, 2020, and 2021. It's a lot of games. All 152. That's impressive. The fact that you can like stay healthy for that. Well, maybe not 2020, but 2019, 2021. Right. I was like, oh, 2020 doesn't really count as yeah. much, but uh, still yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, 2019, 2021. That's still impressive, though. Uh, Three-time All-Star, including last season with the Blue Jays, mostly plays the corner outfield positions and second base, but can play first, third, and a little bit of center. So, and at 35, he will be the oldest player on the Phillies roster. I read that and I was just like cackling. <laughs> the oldest player on the Phillies roster is 35. Like the average age of the St. Louis Cardinals is, is well, the rotation is 35. But yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I also like didn't yeah. realize that he's 35. He still seems like very young and spry and he's still got some good games left in him. So good right. for him. Got some pep in his step. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, Whit Merrifield was one of those ones that, that, Obviously, is a very late signing, and I was like, "Is Whit Merrifield gonna go anywhere?" I mean, like he's he's a decent. I say decent. He's above average. Um, yeah, like util guy that literally can play anywhere. I mean, besides like catcher and pitcher, you know. Right. But yeah, I guess there was tons of rumors. There was tons of rumors around him getting traded to the Phillies last year. So this is just like the follow through on that. We can all stop stop the chatter. He's finally a Philly. But I think I heard something that he had a. I think he said he had another couple of offers or something, but he wanted to go to a contender. Like he wanted to mm. wanted to win, and yeah. so Phillies it is. So we shall see where he plays. Um, you know, obviously he's going to be that that util guy and giving the everyday guys days off. So we shall see. Um, but you know, going to the super util guy to a guy that is just one, just one position, just the one. And you don't want him anywhere near the field. Yeah, no, I, I love, so I love Jorge Soler. I think he's like, I'm like a sucker for how much of a family man. It seems like he is on his Instagram, all that stuff. But I also just think like he, I think he brings value as a clubhouse guy. And right. apparently he's going to do that as a power hitting DH with the San Francisco Giants, where all power hitters go to die. I hope not, but <laughs> he signs yeah. a three-year, $42 million deal with the Giants. He will uh, he has a $9 million signing bonus, and so his salary this season will be $7 million and then $13 million in 2025 and 2026. Solaire was a 1st time all-star last season with the Marlins, I didn't realize that was the first time that that he was an all-star, but okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause he's had some like up and down seasons. Yeah. So. And like, like you mentioned, he is very much a one side of the ball kind of guy. He's kind of a liability out there in the outfield, but he played 137 games for the Marlins last season. He batted 250 with 36 home runs and him batting right behind Luis Arias in the Marlins lineup was was obviously a big part of what led to the overall success of their season. He had 75 RBIs and a 128 OPS plus. He DH'd for 102 games and just played 32 games out in right field. 
want to give a birthday shout out because he's going to turn 32 this week on February 25th. Happy early birthday, Jorge Soler. Okay. This is kind of cool. He's going to donate. Uh, I guess this is kind of part of that. The Giants are pulling out a page from Alex Anthopoulos' book. Soler is going to donate $80,000 to the Giants Community Fund this year and $65,000 uh, in each of the two following seasons that he has signed with the club. He already has two World Series rings with the Cubs in 2016. And with the Braves, of course, he was a World Series MVP in 2021. Yeah, I'm 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 fully aware. Fully aware. Mm-hmm. What do you think about him? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the subject there. What do you think about him with the Giants, though? Like, do you think his numbers as a his like raw power numbers are gonna suffer in Oracle Park? I thought that was a I weird hope, fit for him. I hope not. Um, there was that weird stat that apparently there's not been um since Barry Bonds, there's not been a like a player to hit 30 home runs i'm all Ooh, i believe what? it i was like that can't be right but, but it is apparently- crazy and you're yeah you're like oh well you talk about like power hitters not yeah well it's not the spot for power and then yeah. you're like oh well barry bonds so yeah. well so but i'm like just thinking about i mean admittedly i'm not super familiar with all of the years past of the giants yeah the lineup but i'm all did they have any like big power hitters? I mean, in, just in the last couple of years that I like was aware of like the roster, I would say like Jock Peterson was it. And that was right. That was it, you know, like, and then everybody else is just slap the ball around. And it was like, there was no power. Like there was really no power hitters. So hopefully Jorge Soler can be that guy for them this, this season and do, do the things fingers crossed. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, just you know wish that his power would have died in 2021 because that that home run that he hit uh against the astros in that world series game that that ball landed i think um across like the street like not not on like the first like the the, the farther like it was wow it's not good not good and it just it hurt hurt my heart, <laughs> hurt my heart. Just, oh. well at least he's a little easier for you to root for these days on the other side of the country. Yeah. But far, yeah, far away I, from us. I mean, we'll see if the giants kind of fuck around some more and actually do something, but sign, unfortunately, sign Cody Bellinger and I don't know where Cody Bellinger would play, but sign Cody Bellinger and sign Matt Chapman and sign Mike Snell. And then giants that you, you have done some stuff in that. Then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I then, do. Cause I like Jorge Soler, like as a, guy as a player but i i know he's not the kind of signing that they actually need and it's another one of those almost like um what's the word i'm looking for you know if you can't get the top what the top yeah. one he's uh, the consolation prize that's yeah that's it there you go well, so you i know. feel bad thinking about it that way because like i said i like him but with the way that he fits into the their setup right now it that is what it feels like yeah I don't I don't know what the Giants are doing over there. Who knows? <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun running all this down. We talked uh today about how in a couple of weeks we're gonna do the roster runs rundowns with Tom, and we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. We are so we will thankfully we for you to, guys. We don't need to gonna, go too far down the rabbit hole now, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna be good. Yeah. So um thankfully for you guys though, we are going to split that up into the American League and the National League so that you guys are not here for, you know, 73 hours. So but 
moving on to another team that I still don't know what the F they're doing. Um, the Brewers resign Brandon Woodruff. I, why? Like, I'm very happy that Brandon Woodruff resigned yeah. with the Brewers. But why did they non-tender him to begin with? I guess just to pay him less money than he was going to get? Is that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, especially this year. Like, I mean, however they're however they're deciding they want to doctor up their numbers to make it work for them, clearly they want to avoid paying him the projected like 11 million-ish that it was looking like he would get an arbitration. He has, as we've talked about before, uh, shoulder injury. So he had shoulder surgery that could potentially keep him out for the entirety of the 24 season. Not necessarily, but there was a very broad window. I think like, you know, give or take three full months of when he could come back. So yeah, there's no hard numbers on the deal yet at this moment on Monday evening, February 19th, but obviously we're anticipating that it will include a low base salary for 2024 while he rehabs is not really expected to, I mean, not likely he'll play at all. And then a higher salary with incentives for 2025. But yeah, that, I mean, that sets the starting rotation for the Brewers up a a little bit differently. If he can make his way back, he had a 2.28 ERA with 74 strikeouts in 67 innings in his last, uh, in his 11 starts that he made last season before the injury. So going into 2024, like Susie said, not really sure. I mean, I guess maybe they're just planning ahead at this point because, but then not because of the other things they've done. Anyway, they got Peralta, Wade Miley, Jacob Junis, Colin Rhea, or Ray. Colin Ray. Colin Ray. Yeah. I don't know him. Uh, and probably DL Hall, who they just acquired in the, the um, Corbin Burns deal until Woodruff returns and then like maybe he slots in there and kicks out the not so hot hand. But yeah, I mean, even with his return, this is not, it's not a rotation that's going to, you would assume contend in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But you know what? He's, he's like such a good guy. I love listening to interviews with him and Hopefully he just really wanted to be there and they had some right. good conversations about what 2025 and beyond could look like. But maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's the NL Central and they can do just enough they, to get into the playoffs. Also I, that, here I am. You're so right. Here I am sitting here saying like, I mean, they're just not even going to contend and um, everyone's going to clip this and like put it on just a, a real repeating me saying the brewers are not going to contend in 2024. Uh, yeah. So you're right. I, I'm just going to take a step back. You never know. Yeah, with that we, we don't, yeah, we, we you, you don't, you don't. So, uh, you know, and, and moving on to again, uh, another club that we just, we hope does well. Fingers crossed. Maybe Jerks and Profar resigns with the Padres for one year, one million dollars. Includes a one point five million dollar um, performance bonus, and he turns 30, 31 tomorrow, February twentieth. Happy early birthday, Jerks and Profar! Good job. Um, he joins Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jose Azucar as the only three outfielders on the forty-man roster for the Padres. So we got. 
we got the Marlins that have all of the second basemen and um, and the Padres that have, I guess, all of the, I don't even know what they have. All of the I mean, they have, they they have the more, infield? yeah, they have more guys who could play in the outfield, but they're not like, they're True not outfielder. major league baseball outfield, like established outfielders, you know? Uh, Interesting. So, so we'll see. I guess the Padres, here's your outfield of Fernando Tassis Jr. and, you know, Jose Azucar. I, I mean, you know, Fernando can, and his medium pants can just, run all over the place and get all of the all of the balls yeah he's really um, two outfield spots maybe they're yeah not, but i would assume that profar is not going to start so i mean maybe he might have to at this point i don't know yeah i guess i shouldn't say that this is the 2024 padres very different yeah. from the 2023 padres yeah well, we shall see so profar was with the padres from 2020 to 2022 and he opted out of the final year of his three-year deal and signed with the rockies he hit 236 with a 680 ops and was released by the rockies in august of 23 and he rejoined the padres on a minor league deal and came back up to the big leagues to finish the season hitting 295 367 409 in 49 games he recently played 21 games in the dominican winter league where he played both left field and first base so um i know that uh jerkson was a big glue guy like big like vibes guy yeah. for the padres like they they loved his his energy over there and again that's you know not a trait that you can pay for apparently but you know good to say so we shall see what the padres do we shall see what the padres do um, remember in our 40 man find when I talked about, um, Alec Thomas and how he needs to be sheltered from left-handed pitching. Mm -hmm. So this next guy is probably who will slot into Alec Thomas's spot Ooh, yeah. when there's left-handers on the mound. So, uh, outfielder Randall Gritchick signs with the Arizona Diamondbacks for one year and $2 million with a mutual option, uh, for 2025. Uh, Gritchick gets $1.5 million this year with a $6 million option and $500,000 buyout plus performance bonuses. So uh, he is 32 years old and he spent last season with the Rockies and then the Angels and he slashed 267, 321, 459 with 16 home runs. He can play all three outfield positions and hits lefties very well. So um, that's that will be – they were kind of – in not so many words, trying to find someone to to platoon with Alec Thomas until Alec Thomas gets his gets his swing in order uh, against left-handers, and they did this. So you know they you know also signed Jock Peterson before. I have a fun Randall Grichik story, kind of. Uh -huh. um, I think I have had. Uh, my friend Sarah, who is a Cardinals fan on my podcast, I think she told this story a little bit on my podcast. I can't really remember. But anyway, she does the There Is Crying in Baseball podcast. She's a Cardinals fan. She lives in the Phoenix area. And Randall Gritchick was on the Cardinal in the Cardinals organization for a number of years. And years and years ago at that point, I mean, he was probably in his early to mid-20s when he was still with the Cardinals he actually showed up on her Tinder and I think it was Tinder. It might've been a different, I'm not sure if Tinder was like the thing yet or whatever, but she has like the screenshots of like his Tinder profile because he was in the Phoenix area for a bachelor party 
And so he is returning to the scene of the crime here by signing with the Diamondbacks. And he's got those Phoenix ladies ready and waiting for him again. He's probably married now. I don't know. But I I saw those screenshots every now and then. And I saw those screenshots that she posted. And I was like, are these real? Like, that's that's awesome. Yes. I need to did. Did it go any farther than screenshots? Like, this is what I, these are the details that we need. No, she actually, the, the most ridiculous part of the story is she actually likes swipe. I don't know which way is swipe is good swipe or bad swipe, but she like passed on him. I don't know if she was just like going through it really fast or whatever, but like she accidentally passed on him and she ended up, I guess there's some like feature. She looked into it. Like, how can I get how can I see him again? Like somebody that I passed on and she ended up paying, like she kind of misunderstood whatever she was signing up for and, and paid like $200 or something to Tinder <laughs> to be able to get his profile back. So she could like take oh the screenshots God. and just show That's like, hysterical. um, and I think, I think hopefully she ended up giving some of it back. Cause it was definitely like a, a misunderstood, you know, misunderstanding of what she was getting herself into, but yeah, there's a whole, it was a whole thing. That's hysterical. I, so the $200 screenshot, um, man. I, I, I got married. Uh, I've been married f- to my husband for 90 years. So I literally don't know about dating apps. Like I have no idea. So if yeah, you guys, anybody, them. any listeners, uh, watchers of YouTubes, has you guys know, to you. yeah, yeah. Let us know Like in the comments, <laughs> drop, drop the comments. Let us know. Uh, a, which way is the good swiping? Is that is that swipe right? Is that swipe yeah. left? I don't know. And I think it's different on on the various That's apps. Different. Probably. I think so. Um, so for the longest time, I didn't know the difference between Tinder and Grinder, And I was like, there's a difference. And people were like, absolutely, Susie Emo. Oh, okay. Like, what? And then <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Got you. Gotcha. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Not on the grinder. Okay. Just kidding. So <laughs> anyhow, um, again, that's 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 on the paid content to find out what yeah. that is. So otherwise you, you moving don't know what the difference is. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh another move that the Padres did, not so much as as far as signing anybody, but uh Xander Bogarts, who they signed, the Padres signed just just one year ago to play shortstop. <laughs> and they paid him ninety gajillion dollars to play shortstop for thirteen years. Uh, we'll move to second base. We'll move to second base in favor of Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim will play shortstop. And if you will remember in our last forty man find that I talked about Hassan Kim, you will remember that I said that he was an amazing shortstop, played very well over there. And I listened to the interview that Xander did about the like moving to second base for um for Hassan Kim and you could tell you could tell it kind of hurt right because yeah he wasn't you know, like he's, thrilled <laughs> yeah you know like that's been his spot you know and you kind of move off of shortstop once you get old and can't play anymore like that that's yeah. kind of the the deal right um and I'm not saying that he's not capable of playing shortstop i at this point in time he and the organization have basically come to the realization that kim is the better shortstop the better defensive shortstop over there so we're still keeping xander's bat in the lineup plugs a hole at second um like i said hasan kim 
great shortstop and um, will be a little bit more nimble over there. And didn't Xander have some issues um, staying on the field as well? I can't remember. I don't remember. I just, I just recall that there was such, I mean, Boris makes a big stink about a lot of things, but one of the things that he did really make a point of was, you know, insisting that Xander Bogarts was going to get a long-term deal that would guarantee him, you know, he was exclusively going to play at shortstop. So that was the first thing that I thought of when I heard this was just like, yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not up to you, Scott Boris. Like they signed him to a 13 year deal and he's going to play and do whatever the hell they want him to do. Like, yeah. And I did think he, I agree with you. Like that interview that you sent me um, where he spoke on it, you could tell he wasn't like, yeah, totally like gung ho, like take one for the team. But he did have as good of an attitude as somebody who was like, I didn't really see this coming necessarily. It's not my ideal scenario, but I more most importantly, I want to win. And mm-hmm. and that's why I came here. So if that's what's going to work, then I'd rather. And he said, you know, something about I'd rather do it now than wait and make the adjustment. If, you know, the organization is just sure that it's the best thing to set us up this year. So he yeah. handled it, you know, I think as well as he could, given that Definitely. he probably, you know, and who knows how soon he even found out. He probably found out like 15 minutes before he had the media in his yeah. face, too, you know? Well, I think I think they said that he had found out, um, like, a couple of days before, like, they were starting, like, spring training. Okay. Um, and he just, that was, that was part of the thing. He said that he wished that the club would have l- let him know before the offseason so that he could practice you know like take reps at second base but again Hassan Kim there's a mutual option um for Hassan Kim next season which I'm pretty sure Hassan Kim will probably turn down and go go to free agency so if the Padres don't end up re-signing him Xander will slap back over short yeah or he can you know yeah so you know there was there was big time fighting on my timeline with like Padres fans with like the the Xander stands and the and the Hassan and I'm all oh all right like I didn't realize that people were gonna have very very strong feelings about this but then again I you know there's there's very strong feelings over Ryan Presley and Josh Hader so I can I see how you know the 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 camps would be divided so you know but Again, if it's better for the club and and if it's going to help the club win, you know, everyone swallows a little bit of pride and go, go goes on about their day. So, um, Kansas City Royals, I can't wait until we get into the act until the actual like roster breakdowns because I I need to see how many moves that Kansas City Royals actually made this offseason because they made a ton and they just made yeah. another one. They acquired right-handed reliever John Schreiber from the Red Sox for minor league right-hander David Sandlin. Now, we said that the Royals have made some really good moves in the offseason. They may actually be sneaky good next yeah. year. We're like sneaky um, maybe a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we do. So I was reading up on um, the minor leaguer David Sandlin, and apparently. Royals fans were all up in arms about it. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, here the Royals are trying to be good now. Right. Red Sox are trying to be good later. Maybe. Yeah. So I essentially, honestly, that's Royals what fans, 
with whatever the hell the Red Sox are doing, like it's fine. Just sit back and relax. Cause you could probably have Sandlin back in your system by the time that he's going to be in the big leagues. If you play your cards right with the Red Sox, like who knows yeah, what they're doing. So yeah. I think so, this makes sense for 2024, obviously. Yeah. Um, Schreiber is a five year league veteran and still has three years of team control, including this year and has a career 3.5. Eight ERA with the Tigers and Red Sox. And Salen was the Royals' 11th round pick in the 2022 draft out of Oklahoma, who has 90 strikeouts in 68 and two thirds innings in the minors. So, um, some decent numbers over there. And again, like I said, KC has been making some sneaky offseason moves and can't wait to break it all down with y'all. Um, we talked about the Baltimore Orioles and when they acquired Corbin Burns, I was like, okay. That's it. Orioles yeah. Orioles are now officially scary, except for Craig Kimbrell in the back end. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Because up to that point, they were very scary, right? Because sneaky Kyle Bradish was like a really, really good pitcher. And everyone's like, who the fuck is Kyle Bradish? And he goes to the IL. It's like, I read that on Twitter. I'm all, oh, it doesn't sound yeah. good. It was like the first deep cut of the offseason. Kind of across yeah. the board. But yeah, he had the second, he had, or I'm sorry, he had the best second half ERA in the American League among starters with 2.34 ERA in the second half of the season in 2023. He was obviously a huge part of, I mean, could could have been a bigger part had they made a deeper postseason run, but he was part of why you you thought they were set up to for success and and would be again this year. He has a tear in his UCL, which is, you know, it, that's kind of like the flow chart is if tear in UCL, then Tommy John. But I guess, I don't know if it's because of his age or, you know, I don't know what it looks like in terms of the details of the tear. Did you see anything about that? It, no, but I guess depending on like what grade of the tear it is, okay. you can play through it. Um, it's not going to feel great, but apparently you can play through it and hopefully it just gets better with time. Unfortunately, that's kind of what um, Lance McCullers tried to do oh, last yeah. season. And then when they got in there, it was a worse tear than they thought. Like it was a worse grade than it, than they thought. And was basically like shredded off the bone or something. Um, so I, I don't, at this point in time, I don't know why they just, are having him try and play through it. Like you yeah. need to go get that, like looked at. I would assume yeah. that it would make the most sense or just be the, the safest option for him longevity wise to just get it taken yeah. care of and have the surgery. But yeah, he's had a PRP, which is a platelet rich plasma shot, which is very much for, to help with like healing, which makes sense. Like from what you're saying, but he's, his plan is to continue throwing and try to pitch through it. Which I'm just like, there. If you okay, if you got the PRP shot and you were gonna rest, then like maybe, maybe. But yeah, I I'm not feeling super optimistic about this for him, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly, kind of maybe a different course of action comes out. Yeah, him. and I and I don't know if they're if maybe the Orioles front office or the Orioles organization is thinking like, okay, now we go. And that's why they're trying to yeah. have him not like go and, you know, have a surgery. Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm like, you got Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell right there. Like, sign well, one of those. And maybe that's part of it too. The, yeah, they don't want to lose leverage in post in um, free agent negotiations. So they don't want to be like, oh, yeah, we're screwed. We definitely don't have this guy. Maybe they're trying to sign someone or negotiate something before they fully just say, the, okay. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, all I part guess, of, it's all part of the game. Uh, I, I don't know that it, that sucks for sucks for like Orioles fans. It sucks for Kyle Bradish. Like I, I was really looking forward to watching a really good Orioles team with like a actual rotation that could do things. Yeah. Um, and Kyle Bradish not being part of that is going at least for the foreseeable beginning of the season is going to kind of suck. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they, yeah, if they make any additional, there's any additional movement there because it's hard to see how they would fill in that spot with anything that would be long-term, but just kind of depends on how people shape up in spring too. At least it's that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like they don't have a super awesome farm system that they can trade from. Yeah. So I don't know. Dylan Cease, I guess, come on over. (laughs) Maybe now's the time. Finally. 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 I don't know. Um, This last note that we're going to talk about just confuses me. Me too. Why did we? Why did you have to announce it now? Is, why are we there... talking about what Rob Manfred is going to be doing in 2029? Like, I don't know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. I definitely don't need to know what Rob Manfred is doing in 2029, let alone anyone else. And yeah, he, there's still another CBA next year that like he's going to be a part of negotiating. It's 2029 is so long from now. It feels like so long. I have no idea. And I'm so glad that that was your thought too, because that's the one thing that I feel like no one, I haven't heard anybody say like, why are we talking about this now? And that is literally my main reaction. Yeah. I don't, I don't, is it, is he trying to like ferret out the people that are trying to get a shot? Like, I don't, I I don't understand. I have no idea. Is I that, mean, is it like, like get off my back like i'll be out of here before you know it <laughs> i don't know listen rob manfred if you if you would like the the mlb public's like love and admiration and fucking blackouts don't tell me that you're leaving the game in 2029 <laughs> right. i don't give a fuck end blackouts that it's that meme like what do you guys want and blackouts and then rob manfred's like i'm leaving in 2029 instead <laughs> yeah Five years from now, I'll be out of your hair. Yeah, no, I really have no clue. And here's the thing. Like, I know we all, I I kind of, I'm not a huge advocate for like the, the fact that we as fans always seem to hate the commissioner, right? It's the same with the NFL. It's the same with all, all of these kind of situations where the commissioner is just someone that we kind of all gather together and commiserate around hating him the fact of the matter is that like that is a position where he's he literally is not going to please everyone ever and so it's not a job that i think a lot of people regardless of the amount of money would really be happy to take and maybe that's why he's just like fine get me out of here as soon as possible but i don't so i'm not really of the camp of like fuck you rob manfred 
Uh, obviously, I think, yes, there's some things that he certainly could prioritize. I think the conversation that we were having in our bonus episode uh, with Brian was right on the money in terms of like some of the things that he says just are like, did nobody, did we not think about this and how that comes off and like how you seem like you're literally not a fan of the game. And that's like such a bad look for, for baseball and for your position. Um, So I'm, I'm certainly not like a Rob Manfred, like rah, rah, give him, just give him the chance guys. But he has done, he, he has done some good things for the game overall. He's made some really big changes. Uh, he's lowered the average age. I mean, he not, you know, he not all alone, but he has done a lot of what he has set out to do in terms of lowering the average age of, of fans. And there's still so much that he could do. So I think, yeah, it annoys me most that it seems like he's almost like, it's like a cop-out. Like, well, just want to let you know, I'll do what I can while I'm still here, but I'm going to be gone yeah. soon enough. What? Yeah. Yeah, I it it's so confusing. Like, what what do you guys want? Ending blackout. Wanted to make this about you, Rob. Yeah. I don't know. Apparently, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, it's it's very confusing. It's it's very very confusing. But um, I said that we were going to end on this, but we're we're not. I we have to talk about uh another guy who apparently hates baseball. Uh, third baseman for the Angels, Anthony Rendon. Oh yeah. What? guy okay so and run dude he is literally like every time he speaks he is just shoveling his grave like what is he doing um before okay so before hold on before we get into it let me let me get the actual let me get the actual conversation so for the people who are not aware of what of what we're talking about sam blum who is the athletics writer for uh, the Angels writer for The Athletic apparently had a uh, conversation with Anthony Rendon today. And this was, ah, this is what was said. Come back here. Where are you? This is also, just to preface it, this is coming off an interview he, interview he did on the Jack Vita show like about a month ago where he was asked like what he would change about the game currently. And he's was just going on about how they need to shorten the season. Uh, this is a man who is on a seven year, $245 million contract. He is, he's the highest paid player on the angels, I believe. And outside of Mike Trout and is, should be nowhere near Mike Trout, but he is very close to making the same amount of money as Mike Trout. And he has played 148 total games over the last three seasons. But here he is saying like, if I could change anything about the game, just, you need to shorten the season, man. And so he'd yeah. already said that. And then he said, this. yes. So the, like I said, this is the interview that Sam Blum um, did with Anthony Rendon. So Sam Blum asks last year, you said you'd consider retiring. What's your mindset now? Rendon's answer. My enthusiasm has been the same since I got drafted. To be honest with you, I was actually deleting old emails because my storage, my maximum in my email. So I'm going back and deleting old emails. I emailed myself a pros and cons of why I wanted to stay in the game. This was in 2014. My thought process of the game has not changed since then. I keep making it this long. Sam Blum asks, how does your pro and con list compare to 10 years ago? Rendon, it's a lot different. I'm married. I have four kids. My priorities have changed since I was in my early 20s. So definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Blum asks, is this still a top, a top priority for you? Yeah, answers. Rendon answers, it's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come, come before it, I'm leaving. 
Blum asks, is it a pri is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure, Rendon answered, but because it's my job. I'm here, aren't I? Sam Blum, do you want to be here? Rendon, I don't want to talk to you guys at seven in the morning or whatever time it is. Blum answers or asks, do you want to be here playing baseball for the Angels? He goes, I've answered your question, so why do you keep picking at it? Now, to be fair, again, I feel like Rendon saying these things and say like Freddie Freeman saying these things come across very differently, even if they were said, even if the words were said exactly the same. Absolutely. And I'm not going to fault the guy for saying that this is a job because yeah, yeah. I not saying that I hate my job, uh, but you know, it's a job. It is a job. Exactly. Totally. And, and we all can relate to that at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I do think it's like very off color to say that it's not a priority like that language around it, which is why Sam Blum again was like, so is it a priority? <laughs> like your livelihood may be a priority. And yeah. the most fucking annoying thing about listening to you read that is like, that's spoken like somebody who has $245 million <laughs> in his back fucking pocket. Like, yeah. God, how, how, out of touch with reality do you have to be to say something like that yeah i uh, i it makes me even like i guess i can see both sides of the coin because on one hand i know that there's that there are guys out there that are busting down the door that are like please just give me a fucking chance like i will i will be there i will play a hundred percent just give me a chance you know and then on the other hand, again, it is it is a job. It is, and unfortunately, Anthony Rendon is just really good at playing baseball. And yeah. I feel like we, since we, and I say this as a collective we, you know, if you're listening to this, you're listening to a baseball podcast, so you obviously are obsessed with the game like we are. But we kind of wish that, oh my God, like I wish that I could do something involved in baseball and, and get paid for it, you know? Absolutely. So the fact that he has this gift, because, you know, being a high leverage athlete is a gift and he's just really good at playing baseball but maybe he doesn't love baseball like we all love baseball and in my head that blows my mind because yeah. i feel like every if you're doing this like you should also love the game but there have been i've seen other interviews where guys are like i don't i don't really i don't really know i don't i know i don't really watch baseball i don't not outside of yeah, this like it's just this you know yeah. yeah, I mean, there are there are always people in highly coveted professions, like even in the entertainment industry, who you will hear, you know, say similar enough things that and like it just came easy enough to them or kind of, you know, the opportunity fell into their lap. And for whatever reason, they are out of touch or like unaware that that it's just not like it, 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 that can be your truth. That's fine. Yeah. But for you to come out publicly and say that it really is just like such a slap in the face to yeah every single guy who's like feeling super lucky to have another chance to make $34,000 in the minor leagues this year to get another shot, you know, like, come on. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe, there, there was the video that came out with like Anthony Rendon and like wash doing infield drills before, you know, before position players were supposed to report. So maybe that's a good sign. I don't know. It you know Wash was on foul territory what, a couple of weeks ago saying you know like if you're not willing to play if you're not willing to play hard like you're off my team. I love that for Wash. I love that. I don't know. I don't 
necessarily know if Artie Moreno will allow that to happen. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like you're cutting, you know, the third string kid off the off the team. Like it's you're cutting a lot of money. Um, right. But I'm maybe maybe Wash will help whip him into shape. I don't I don't know. But then again, like I would think that Mike Trout would say something to him or yeah i mean that comes again there's so much conversation about you know mike trout like not being the guy to to go to the organization and say that he wants to be traded or say like enough is enough and that's just not his style and it reminds me also of like there's a lot of conversation around the cardinals organization of this happening right now because of there's a lot of things in the press that have come out about nolan arenado and paul goldschmidt like not being like vocal leaders in the clubhouse and that's Mm -hmm. why we need to bring back Matt Carpenter and all that stuff that we've talked about and it all comes back to the end of the day of like that's that is where we draw the line at like this is a job they were hired to do something and that thing is to perform at an elite level as a third baseman as a first baseman as a position that they were hired to play and to play baseball and so so then and on that side of it I don't agree with the people who are saying like, if you're making, you know, $30 million a year, Nolan Arenado or Anthony Rendon, then like you should be, or Mike Trout, even like you should be that vocal guy and that leader in the clubhouse too. It's like, no, that's not what they were hired to do. And they can be who they are, you know, as people. And I think that's important for them to succeed on the field with what they were hired and are paid to do. So in that sense, that's a good example of how it is a job and we need to keep that perspective as fans for them. But with Anthony Rendon saying and playing like the the family and faith card, it's like, nah, bro, we all got that. That's yeah. not that we're not disagreeing with that. By no means are we discounting what should be important to everyone and what we all, you know, could be on the same the same page for. We're not asking you to sacrifice, you know, your health even or or your family and your, you know, your, your personal integrity for this. We just would like to see that you, um, like want to show up and earn the money that yeah thing is that he, that he's already getting one way or another. Yeah. That sucks. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anthony Rendon, I guess 2024 will be your maybe bounce back year. Let's and maybe just like keep your mouth shut until then. Like, I hate saying yeah. that, but geez. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop talking to the press. Although, I, I don't think they can. I, I don't think he can stop talking to the press though. Because, no. Uh, I want to say that's like part of the part of their deal is he's got it. Well, and it he should just be as one of the him. highest paid players on that roster and an organization that is, you know, you a lot of people are really interested to see what's going to, what they're going to pivot to next after, you know, Shohei is gone. They have committed to keeping my trout around. It should be somebody that we're excited to hear about. But after that, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and a part of me is like, okay, so I get tired of hearing the players give the canned answers of, you know, I'm just absolutely really excited yeah. to be here yep. and I'm just so blessed to be part of the team and I'm yep. just in the best shape of my life and, you know, yada, 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 you know, all, all of the canned answers. So uh, on, on the one hand, I'm like, bro, love the honesty. Yeah. On the other yeah. hand, I'm all, sir, you said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, we, 
did you did you think about that before you said it? Like, well, you I, also just said it perfectly when you said like Freddie Freeman could say something along the same lines. The thing is, he would like the the verbiage, the nuance of how it was said yeah. would have been just different enough had it come from someone like that that we all would appreciate it and be totally respectful and be like, yeah, that is a really important perspective for these players to have at the end of the day. So yeah, it's a fine line there. It, it is. And I, I, I don't know. And I, and I kind of feel bad for Anthony Rendon. I mean, I shouldn't because he's a bajillionaire and playing a kid's game as his livelihood. Yeah. Again, but it's, it's a job for him. And you know, like, but if you don't want to, if you don't want to do your job, bro, like step aside and give somebody else a chance. Like, ah, I just feel bad. I feel bad for the entire like situation because I, I can see it from both sides. But yeah, uh, it's so. just not a good look the way that he went about it. Um, Get yourself a publicist. Yeah. Anthony Rendon. Get yourself like a PR person and have have them stand next to you like in like a translator. Have them yeah. stand next to yeah. you and then you <laughs> whisper what you here's what I'm thinking actually want to I'm say. Thinking. And then they will say it politely and I in a more that. palatable manner. It's I like the. <laughs> I had like a. The have you seen like the TikToks that are that are like, uh, how do you say, um, "fuck you, you're dumb," in in professional yeah. manner or whatever? And it, and it's like I had a I've friend my who, last email. Yeah, I had a friend who said yes, who said that he was using AI uh -huh. to to write emails for him to sound to sound nice so basically he right. would put like the bullet points and this is what i'm trying to get across put this into an email that makes me sound like friendly and you know palatable mm -hmm. to whoever is going to consume it and that that to me is is crazy but when you think about it that way like it is a skill it is a, it is. a skill set that is of great value that doesn't is now i guess we think ai can do it just as well yeah. but uh yeah, to lie, I letting well. players be who they are. And I do like the point that you make a lot about like I about, you know, appreciating him not just giving the canned answers and showing some personality and whatever. But yeah, that's a really good idea. He needs to just kind of like work through it with someone who can say like, I totally get where you're coming from. Here's how that's going to be overanalyzed and broken down and, and just initially perceived like here's why maybe we say it this way instead. Yeah. Yeah, he needs he needs a he needs a PR translator. Yeah, that's what he needs. That's because I've that. done that because I've done that AI email writing thing. Because mm -hmm. I I'm like I've already fucking the directions are fucking in front of you. You're a dumbass. Read the fucking directions, and I put it into AI, and they've given me very nice words to say. Way too many of them. But very nice words to say. And so then I'll just like cut and paste and I'm all, here you go. I, it, so it, it has been done. It has been done. And that's that's how people know that emails are not written by me because mine are short <laughs> to the point. Maybe, I, I feel like I could do this job for Anthony Rendon. So again, it would be a job for me. It would, Anthony. But if you are looking for a PR translator, I think I could do it. And uh, I could take some of that 245 mil off your hands and help you to just come off better to the fans. Not that that seems like it's something you're concerned with, but Susie does propose a very interesting idea and I'm available for the right price. Yeah. 
just just saying like we're we're just gonna put that out there for you anthony rendo well look we are just trying to help you that's you know from the goodness of our hearts and our pocketbooks so with that that is going to be our last topic of the evening um with that, we will wrap up and I will say that we are still hanging tough on all of the Apple podcast charts that we have been. Great Britain, welcome to the chat. Spain, Japan, Korea. Again, I don't know where you guys are finding the podcast, but thank goodness you are because that it fills my heart with joy when that chartable email, I get that and I, I open it up. I open it like a book. I don't. I open it up and I'm so excited because I see these countries listed and it it fills my cold, dead heart with warmth for just like an iota of a second. And it just makes me so happy. And then I screenshot it and I send it to Kels. And she also gets very happy, but probably happier as well because, you know, she doesn't have a cold, dead heart. Um, but keep keep listening. Keep telling all your friends. We appreciate that. Um, U.S., I don't know where the fuck y'all are because we were there for like a second and then we fell off again. So I, I need know. you guys to. I don't know. I don't know. They forgot yeah. to hit that subscribe. Yeah. Hit it right now yes so for the youtubes subscribe thank you we we finally got over 200 we have 202 subscribers we very yeah. very much appreciate that uh again because a couple of episodes you. back i was telling um kelsey about how i was so, i was so very sad that i missed the 169 <laughs> mark of the subscribers so now, so now we're at 202 yeah yeah we're so now there, there's our goal to get to 269 subscribers because I am 12 years old. <laughs> um, but again, we appreciate everyone that has come along for the ride with us. If you haven't already, please go and give us five stars. Um, say all of the nice words and give us a good review because, you know, we would love that if you are in the United States. Uh, I don't, again, don't know where you all went because we were there for a second. But we would really appreciate it if we got back on United States charts. I don't want to seem greedy, however, you know, because Spain and uh, Great Britain and Korea and Japan, you are holding it down for us. And I sorely, like dearly appreciate all of y'all. OK, um, but I just I need I need the United States just on board. Just come on with me, guys. So um, with that, we will say we're not going to say goodnight because Kelsey needs to tell us where we can find her on the socials. Oh, well, you should find me on Twitter at Kbird Tweets. That's B-U-R-D, K-B-U-R-D Tweets. Uh, it's on your screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. If you find me there on Twitter, you can find my link tree, and that's going to take you to everywhere that you can listen to my podcast, Peace, Love, and Baseball, that comes out with a new episode every Tuesday. Uh, if you want to find me on YouTube, just look up Kbird Tweets. Episodes of Peace, Love, and Baseball are there as well. And yeah, you'll find me there weekly and right alongside Susie over here, over yes. here. <laughs> uh, we don't know where I'm looking look, away from you on the screen, but I did it. <laughs> so uh, with that, we will uh, say good night and goodbye. And again, we really appreciate all of y'all for hanging out with us. Um, with that, we're going to hit and record. Yay, baseball! Woo!